0: Good evening and welcome. We're off to a new week here. It's Monday night. This is the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with my pudgy Italian uncle, Bretonio, who's uh, back from a week week's hiatus. Well, oh, come on. Uh, Fratonio, <laughs> we all know. Hey, uh, hey, uh. <laughs> don't make me laugh. I look at this picture and I really think you should be holding a pizza in your hands. Doesn't does
1: look like you I should would,
0: be twirling I, a pizza. I would love
1: a pizza right now. <laughs> I, I would uh, love a pizza right now. Yeah. You know what kind of reminds me of is uh, we kind of look like Siskel and Ebert.
0: <laughs> I guess we could look like. Siskel yeah.
1: You know, Ebert had that 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 really, you know. I don't know what to say. I'm going to, before I get us kicked yeah. off the air, I'm going to shut yeah. up.
0: Yeah, be careful. Uh, we've come got, the, Drew, Drew. when firing. did you end up getting power back last week, Friday night? When did that happen for you? I mean, because you were, you were uh, hoping you'd get it back before the show. It just didn't happen.
2: Yeah, like half an hour after you went on the air. Was it? Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah, that was, yeah. was that storm related?
2: No, no, just neighborhood, which oh, is
0: fun. Jeez. <laughs> I guess that's part of the joys of being in California. Is that how it works there?
2: Country living in California. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Trish, good to see you. You've been a stalwart in one of these boxes or another uh, almost every show for the past three weeks. Good to have you along with us.
3: I'm going to need a raise, JV. I'm
0: going to need a raise. Yes. Well, 10% of nothing is still nothing, but you're welcome to it.
2: (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. Uh, you. Good to know.
0: Yeah. Welcome to everybody who's checking in here. Good to see folks filing into all the chat rooms. We had a great run of uh, the Week in Review over the weekend. A lot of participation. I always get a little bit, um, a little bit uh i don't know what the word is i guess I'm, I, I i feel a little bit disappointed that i can't interact with folks i come and check the program and i see all of these uh chat posts that people were asking questions and trying to get involved and of course we're not here live during the week in review it's replay of the episodes of the week so we don't get to interact and i apologize for anybody who was hoping for that interaction during the week in review but that's just the nature of that program uh gene good luck with the new phone i hope it's working is it an iphone or something else Love to know. Hey, everybody. JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's. And it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, IndependenceGang.com. Click on the Donate tab. Or you can just type in IndependenceGang.com slash donate. And spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it. And we appreciate your help. Uh, Britt, you ready to get this, this uh, juggernaut rolling here tonight? What? Where are we? <laughs> Who
1: am I? What am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. uh... right, let me tell you. I took a week off. I watched very little politics. I did very little tweeting. I did some. Very little social media. And I felt great. Yeah. Felt great. And then, And then this morning, go to work. Have a hell of a day at work today. You ever have one of those clients that pulls up a chair and a cup of coffee and sits right in front of you and watches you work? That's what I had today. All day long, eight and a half hours, this client. Why are you doing that? I don't like that there. What, what? Oh boy. Oh my God. If she wasn't paying me good money, I would I would have kicked her off her stool. Um, <laughs> and I get here and in the third I get here at 30 minutes before the show starts, and I start going through politics, and I feel like I got this succubus climbing on my back, getting ready to just suck the life out of me. Just looking at nothing changed. Nothing changed in a in a week. Joe Biden is still stupid. Our country is still in debt, and we are still in trouble. Nothing changed. I thought you guys were going to solve this shit while I was gone.
0: Well, we gave it, we gave it a a real college try. That's for sure. But you're right. Nothing has changed. Let's get started with the things we're going to talk about tonight. We uh, have to address something that Joe Biden uh, referenced in a, uh, a series of remarks. Was it last week or the week before where he announced he was going to be releasing a million barrels per day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve? Now, this is on top of a release of 50 million barrels in November and then another 30 million barrels in March. Drew, uh, another million barrels a day for six months. That's about 180 days. So that's another 180 million barrels of oil being released from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, nothing could go wrong there, right?
2: It's so ridiculous. I mean, the guy is just, he 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 moves from conflict to conflict seamlessly and he exacerbates everything. The thing is so stupid to begin with. And for anybody out there who believes that this is offering relief, uh, please go seek professional help, but pr- preferably not from a leftist. Because think about this, right? We We use between 20 to 22 million barrels of oil per day in America. So he's going to release 1 million per day for 6 months and he's going to eliminate the strategic reserves. So my question is, what do we do next? Now the strategic reserves are not meant for something like this to begin with to try and, you know, alleviate 7 cents and claim he did something about gasoline prices in a midterm election year. That's not what they're for. They're for real emergencies. So we're not drilling for for more oil. So If we're not going to replenish those oil reserves and we're just going to then have no oil reserves, what next? Does anyone ask these questions out there?
0: It's a great point. And, Trish, uh, the president of the Institute for Energy Research, Tom Pyle, commented, this is not a strategic price reserve. It was never intended for this, and it won't do anything. Now, we know that the original release, what did I say it was, 50 million barrels in November and then another 30 million barrels in March did very, very little to affect the price at the pump, which is the justification the Biden administration is using to be doing this to begin with.
3: Right. This is this is all we got to help Joe's numbers. That's what this is. This is let's deplete our our reserves for emergencies and so that Joe's numbers can look a little bit better because, oh, gas went down two do, two cents a gallon. Woohoo! Yay, Joe Biden. He's going to save us all. So. I, Just the hypocrisy of this whole thing is it basically Joe, everything he touches turns to shit. It's not anything that goes woke turns to shit. It's anything Joe touches turns to shit. So there isn't enough oil that they could bring into our system that would give him the numbers he's going to need going into the midterms. So I don't even know why they're bothering.
0: Yeah, Britt, I mean, when you start to see all this occurring and you start to try to figure out what the motivations are behind it, because it's certainly not helping with the cost of gas, and it's really putting the nation at risk of, if we have a major conflict, I mean, we are at the precipice of a major war right now. Not that any of us want to be, but the Biden administration has maneuvered us to that point. And a major war and a major conflict will do a lot more to affect the world oil supply than what just sanctioning Russia is doing right now. If that conflict accelerates, if it expands if it uh, engages other parts of the world other vital supplies of oil may be cut off completely and here we are just pissing away our current strategic petroleum reserves
1: right didn't we didn't wasn't this done uh, a little bit ago too so this is like the second release right
0: well like i said in the november sec- in november release. in november he released 50 million barrels a one-time release then in march another 30 million barrels and this most recent uh release is a million barrels a day for six months a hundred, basically 180 so days. That, that 100, 180 million barrels so total so how much is that total total is uh, 260 million is it, barrels if i do my math right here and how much do we
1: have in our strategic reserve do, is any, do we know uh,
0: we we looked into uh, this before and i don't remember it seems like it was like 800 million barrels or somewhere in that neighborhood does anybody know on the panel
2: yeah, I was gonna say somewhere around six hundred million is what I thought. I thought I remembered, but
0: yeah, we can so, have, we can have okay, chat check so, that out while we talk.
1: So this is my thought. I mean, there is so much going wrong, and I've said this before, and I think we've all kind of looked at it. There's no way they can be this wrong all the time. There's no way for that. So this has to be by design. Everything that they're touching, they're destroying. It's got to be by design. And think about that. They're trying to walk us into war with Russia, and they're depleting the oil reserves. And if you really hated this country, it's the perfect recipe. Divide the people, get us fighting with each other, uh, deplete our ability to be able to fuel our military to protect us, and then walk us into a war with a major superpower that has nuclear weapons. If you hate this country, this is what you do. This is the game plan to destroy a country. We literally have enemy within the wire. Our enemy is within the wire. They're in the they're they're in seats of power, seats of power, and they're allowing this to happen. Or they're helping this happen. Or they're making this happen. Deplete just piss it away for two cents. Even Joe Biden's advisors know two cents down on the gallon per gas ain't gonna help them. But yet we're gonna we're gonna start kicking out all this. Oil That's in our reserve. Do we know? Are we backfilling it with the really expensive stuff? (laughs) Probably only the stuff we buy from Iran, right? Oh, Iran. Oh, Iran. Help fill up our reserve so we can give you more billions and billions of dollars so you can build the nuclear bombs you're going to blow our cities up with. How smart are we? We I am starting. I am in my head. Anybody I see with a mask on, I'm starting to really hate. Because, you know, they voted for Democrats. If you're still wearing a mask today, you voted for a Democrat. I've yet to meet anybody who voted for a Republican still wearing a mask today. And you are the reason we are in this position that we're in right now. And we are going down the shitter fast. And you're still too stupid to realize you're being played. That's the problem. We have so many non-playable characters in our country, NPCs, that are just going along like lemmings, doing what they're told, wear their masks, do this, do that. Oh, I'm still going to vote straight Democrat. And here we are, and we are going down the shitter. And we are going to be not the country we are. We are leaving a mess for our kids. But you know what? The people in power are all really old, and they're rich, and they're living the high life, and they don't care because they're going to be dead soon, not because someone's going to kill them, just because they're old. So they're going to write out their golden years right into oblivion of not – real, maybe they do realize it. I don't know. It's just really bad. I yield back.
0: By the way, Trish, you said there were 727 million barrels in the Strategic Oil or Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Uh, I got another figure, something around 718. So it's got to be – it's around 720. So if you do the math, the 260 million barrels that are being released of the 720-ish is about a third – Actually works out to be about thirty-five, thirty-six percent of our total. Drew, picking up on, on Britt's point here, if could the Biden administration be looking the, at this as a way to drain a an important resource? And when when we get to the point where those uh, those re- reserves are almost empty, they turn around and say, "Well, we at the price of oil, we can't refill these, so we're going to have to replace that energy." with some kind, you know, name your green energy, name your green source of energy. Uh, could this be a ploy to further along the Green New Deal agenda?
2: Well, as a matter of fact, that's exactly why they're doing it. I mean, at some point, we need to stop even having a debate about why and just explain it, because we're, we're explaining exactly why they're doing this right now. I mean, you have them not even being... Um, secretive about their agenda anymore. You just had Pete Buttigieg out there, right? He get, he went up there and said, you know, get used to these gas prices, right? Because uh, until we achieve this energy independence, the Green New Deal. So this is what they're doing intentionally. They want to make it. Look, they can't persuade Americans, right? To do these things. They can't persuade Americans to just all adopt Green New Energy because it's a reality that we live with that we need gasoline so what they want to do is create a situation in which it's impossible there is no gas there are no reserves it's totally cost prohibitive so the only choice we have is their solution which is to abandon petroleum but they're creating that crisis intentionally because nobody really the majority of americans don't want to go along with this green new energy we understand that it's not realistic um it doesn't exist right now and that it's going to hurt americans in the long term and the short term and so there you go well, you guys don't like it. Well, we're going to make sure there's no gas going to make sure it's so painful for you that your only option is to go along with what it's coercion. That's what it is. And it's very sick. It's very evil. It's vile.
0: I have to pick up on another point that Britt made here, Trish. Uh, and this is related to another article. But Britt was referencing the elite, the protected classes. And here we have Shannon Sharp, who was blasted over the weekend for saying he'd rather pay $20 a gallon than have to have Trump in office. And we've heard other celebrities say things like that. Even politicians say things like that. Even a statement like, well, go buy yourself an electric car and you won't have to pay for gas. Is that same kind of statement? It's this elite let them eat cake approach to the problem. When Shannon Sharp uh, has a pretty good job as a sports commentator and his his assets total about $14 million, according to this article, most Americans don't have $14 million in the bank.
3: Well, yeah, and here's the funniest part about, you know, oh, just buy the electric car and then you won't have to pay for gas. Well, I've seen people on Twitter bitching about how much it costs to supercharge their Tesla. Like, why did it cost me twenty-four dollars to supercharge my Tesla? That it shouldn't cost me that much. Like, I'm just it's just electricity. Why is it costing so much? Well, what do you think is going to happen when everybody gets electric cars? They're going to jack up the price of electricity. Like, it doesn't matter what we do; they're going to jack up the prices on everything to make it impossible. For normal people to have a life. Like, let's just face it, that's what they're going to do. And they've been very clear about this. Joe Biden campaigned on this. He said that they were going to put the petroleum industries out of business, that they were going to push through the Green New Deal. Like, they even said that they were going to call the next, you know, emergency, national emergency, was going to be climate change so that they could push through the same agenda that they pushed through with their COVID bullshit. Which is why they're still hanging on to that national emergency because once that's gone, they're going to need another emergency so that they can take more take more liberties from our, from the citizens.
0: Yeah, and we're seeing that playbook already being enacted. These uh, executive orders are a form of that. The the squad, AOC, and others are demanding that Joe Biden use his uh, executive orders pen to uh, enforce climate change. Uh, measures uh, under the guise of a national climate emergency. The whole thing is ridiculous. Britt, comment on any of that stuff and then go where you want to go.
1: Um, I, I, I well, okay, I, I just have a meme I found earlier tonight, and it just, it, it works well for, you know, your hospital's on socialism, your grocery store's on socialism, and your politicians on socialism. This is what's happening right now, and this is what the politicians want to go to. If they control our healthcare and they control our food, they have us bent over a barrel. We'll do whatever they say to get that last little box on the shelf or get that last little bit of great health care in that upper photo so that they can live like they're in the Elysium. I mean, this is like the perfect—this is what socialism is, and this is what they're marching us to for control. Um. So I—you I, know, I, I'm coming back off of vacation, and I was going to be serious, and I do want to be serious— but I was looking for, um, Drew, I was looking for, you know, uh, things that show that we're in a crisis, a food crisis. And I ran across this cell for boneless pork rectums. I You look like a foodie to me, uh, Drew. And I'm curious <laughs> if um, you know how we cook boneless pork rectums, how nutritious they are. And is wait, this
0: wait, wait 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 the, wait, the modern wait. day version they're of not, spam? They're not just boneless pork rectums, Brit. But they're inverted. They're boneless pork rectums, and they're inverted boneless pork rectums. I
1: I, I didn't even know what that meant, so I wasn't going to say it. I was hoping Drew could help me with this. Man, you know what? <clears throat> That's really a
2: question for my for my boy Chef Gruel out there. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I I would say you know I I would recommend you know getting it on the the barbecue there. Cranking that thing up to you know 400, 500 degrees, wherever you can get it to, just make sure it basically turns into carbon. It all tastes the same in the end. Uh, just sprinkle it on your uh, your uh, Cheerios, things like that. You know there are a lot of uses for these inverted rectums. What what were they? Sorry, which 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 kind of rectums? Pork.
3: Boneless. Boneless pork rectums. Yes yes yes. Boneless. Inverted.
2: Not to be confused with beef rectums uh, or anything like that. The pork rectums. Uh, those are very tasty, very delicious. You know, don't worry. You know, we're all in good shape as long as there's enough inverted pork rectums out there. We're going to subsist and be okay. It goes great with spam as well. Actually, I hear.
1: <laughs> Is this the new modern day spam? Is that what we're looking at? <laughs> it's an additive, but yes. It's an additive. Okay, so 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 Trish, why would we even be eating rectums from pork? I mean, is this a, I mean, I I, I don't understand. This was literally in a grocery store I was at
3: for sale. That's, I have, honestly, I have, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, listen, my people are Scottish. I mean, they eat, you know, stomachs, you know, so who am I to say? Like, maybe they eat Reckham's too. I don't know. Like, listen, I don't, I, I've, I've, I grew up in Colorado. So we had a large Mexican population and they would eat every little tiny bit of the animal. So. Maybe we need to get back to our Native American roots of this country and start using every little tiny bit of the animal. You know, maybe that's maybe we should maybe there's an important lesson for us to learn philosophically here, Britt. I'm just saying.
1: Well, I'm thinking maybe that's what we're going to because if you look at the olden days when you killed a cow, or you had a you you slayed a deer or the buffalo, they used every piece. Jv, there wasn't a piece that w- didn't go to waste. The hide was used for clothing and other stuff, uh, tarps, roofs. I mean, everything. Even the penis was used, which blew my mind. But I mean, I I looked around at the shore shelves, shore shelf, the sh- <laughs> wow, the store shelves, <laughs> and I noticed that like when you went on the cracker aisle. Literally, you know how there's like sections. You could tell that the, the, the shelf sections about four foot. And then, you know, the way they piece it in. It was like five sections of, of Triscuits. And then, you know, a couple sections of Cheez-Its. There wasn't all the variety. And there were maybe one or two boxes deep. I went over to the meat section, the poultry. It was like, it was like, it was in one little area. And the rest was empty. And, and then I saw the pork rectums coming out on the cart. And I was like. I mean, are we really going down this road? Is this what is this the Joe Biden plan?
0: Oh man, <laughs> I don't know where to go. First of all, let me just say this: uh, you know, growing up in an Italian family, I watched my grandmother cook tongue, you know, cow tongue, uh, cow stomach, which is called tripe. Um, they used to they used to cook and eat some very very odd things, and it, it I wasn't I was one of those kids that if it didn't if it didn't look like Kraft macaroni and cheese, I really didn't want any part of it, and uh, and I I never developed a taste for any of those exotic things. But my family ate that stuff all the time, and it just it would just make me shiver or shudder to think of it. So when you start talking about things like pork rectums, I think I put that in the same category as something that I don't know what the hell people do with it. And uh, you know if if you're all about pork rectums, go for it. Just leave, don't put it on the plate in front of me if I'm if I'm uh, asking for, for if I'm at your house for dinner. Um, but I looked all... it
3: up. Oh, I looked it up. If it makes you feel better, okay. Yes. Would you like to know about boneless pork rectums? <laughs> sure. Let's
0: let's let's hear it. It is,
3: it is a real thing. Oh, I honestly thought like the first couple of things I found were like it was a hoax. It was this. Okay, so boneless pork rectums, or they're called pork bungs, are used in dry sausages, smoked sausage, and liverwurst. Bungs can also be used as imitation calamari. Imitation there you go. So calamari. Actually, yeah. Imitation. Wow. So think about that the next time you order calamari.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Well,
3: but it actually is a thing that's used to make sausages, which if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Right. Right. Sausage casings like that. Okay. So I can see it, but it, it wouldn't be really high on my list of end of the world, you know, food stores. Just yeah. Saying. Well,
0: uh, you know, again, going to the point that, that you just made to Brit uh, you know, there was a time and, and my grandfather again, going back to my Italian family, you know when food wasn't plentiful and money was even less plentiful to buy food. Right. So when you got something, you ate everything, every part of it. You didn't throw anything away. And uh, I mean, even to the point. And this sounds a little silly at the time, but you know he would he would eat an apple or a pear and he would eat the whole thing, core and everything. would just eat it. And I'm like, Grandpa, you're eating the right. core. Yeah, we don't. Let, I don't don't let anything go to waste, Jimmy. Don't let anything go to waste, Jimmy. Well, um, but, but that's what they you,
1: did. But what you just hit, what you. are but what you're hitting on JV and you and you just said it that food was was a, was a they respected having food because they didn't have they had very little of it right. they were poor the right. money wasn't plentiful right it's, and that's where we're at now we're starting to see people eat some weird shit. Although, although uh, uh, Sergeant Pepperstock, uh, Sergeant Peterson said pork breakfast would be better than eating ground up bugs, which is what they want us to do too—to start eating ground up bugs. Yeah. Um, because apparently cockroaches are grow really fast, um, and are actually apparently quite pr- uh, a lot of protein in cockroaches. Imagine that. So. Why do you add, you add this so, extra
0: syllable in cockroach? Uh, where do you come up? Is that a Spanish issue? Cockroach. Cockroach. <laughs> is cockroach. Is that from? Is that from? Cockroach. Uh, Scarface. With, with uh, Al Pacino. Uh, uh, cockroach. <laughs> hey,
1: cockroach. How do you say? It? Is it how do cockroach. you say
0: Cockroach. Cockroach.
1: Cockroach. 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 Cockroach.
0: Cockroach. That's it.
1: Not cockroach. Not cockroach. You
0: know no. It's not cockroach.
1: <laughs> it's cockroach. Yes. Cockroach. Correct. C O C K cockroach R O C H. Yes. Correct.
0: Not R-O-C-H, oh, R-O-A-C-H. That R O C H R O A C H.
1: Oh, I like oh R O I like the other way better. Um, all right, all right, moving on. See, I, hey, words are my second language. I had no idea. I always thought it was cockroach <laughs> or cockeroot, cockerroach is what I always thought it was. Anyway, shut up, get me off track. here. are Christmas. All right, all right, moving on to something. You know what? I was gonna go into something serious, but since we're on cockroach, uh, we're gonna go with this too. Uh, um, so Trisha uh, pointed this out to me. Um, is Yikes. Madonna eating um, pork rectums? I mean, what's going on with her lips? What's, I mean, she definitely looks like this Muppet character. What's this Muppet character again, Trish? Janice. Janice,
3: Janice. is the guitar is player up- from Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. <laughs> yes.
1: What is all up things- with the surgeries and and these lip things? Well,
3: it's not just it's not just a surgery. If you if you look she's had obviously she's had cheek implants she's had a chin implant she's had the lip fillers done she's had so many you know facelifts that her forehead is like halfway back up her scalp i mean she if you've seen her in person her whole body it's even worse like she now has huge fake boobs she's had butt implants so she's trying to look like a kardashian like it's literally it's just it's just she's a character she's a caricature of a human being at this point it's absolutely disgusting
1: for those uh on the podcast madonna is a photo of madonna and her lips are so puffed out it's like she put nine gallons of um what is that shit they inject into botox? their faces? collagen oh collagen botox collagen botox she's got okay and her eyes are all she's greasy drew wh- i mean you've had botox before in your lips how long does it take for it to go down to normal <laughs>
2: several months you know i mean you can get anywhere from three to six months out of that stuff at least from my own experience i don't know why mine stay the same size or small but i am told the smaller your lips are as a man the more testosterone you have so i actually believe that because i feel manly often but uh but no you know what it is it is sad to watch somebody like it is sad to watch somebody like madonna because if i could offer my um you know my psychiatry degree here. I don't really have one. But anyway, to, uh, to analyze this, you know, this is somebody who, unfortunately, all of her happiness, uh, which is no happiness at all, is derived from her identity in her youth, in her younger years of uh, being this famous uh, sex symbol and everything else. And she's unable to find any kind of, of happiness, any kind of fulfillment outside of that. And she'll be 95 years old. And, you know, she'll look like Nancy Pelosi or something like that, but she'll still be doing this and playing this game because she cannot let go of what she was. You know, it's like the French and all their arrogance. You know, they haven't been special for about 600 years, but they try and overcompensate with their arrogance and condescension because they still wish that king louis the 14th was reigning over them that they were they were glorious again but anyway but it is sad to see that these people that that do this kind of thing and it sends such a bad message to children i mean i'm sorry like i don't want to see an 80-year-old woman you know in a in a bikini on stage i just don't want to do it
1: you know manly things i'm never going to forget that you feel manly you have manly things <laughs> jv <laughs> is this is this the version of you know when you go to like um a business function, or you're just out with the guys, and and there's that, there's always that one guy. He was like the stud sports person in high school, and they did nothing after that. And they're they're always hearkening back to their high school days, and you know, and they're trying to wear that members only jacket again, you know. And they're this is 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 this kind of that version she's trying, like because I think Drew nailed it. She's trying to get back to her high school days when she was hot and sexy, if she was ever that. But it, it reminds me, this is the people I talked to that. All they had was high school. There was a star running back, and that's all they ever talk about—is their high school days. It's like, don't you have anything after that, Jesus?
0: Yeah, well, Drew did uh, sum it up nicely. I mean, it's her whole identity—being a sex symbol, being uh, uh, seductive, being sensual. Uh, you know, that's what her shtick was, and uh, and as she loses that to age, she can't handle it. It's it's the only thing, as Drew put put it, uh, the only place she can find any comfort or any happiness. And it's sad because life is so much uh, more than that. But the truth is, and we were talking about this before the show, the truth is, uh, its I mean, look, look at the two options, aging gracefully or mutilating your body that way. And at what point has anybody ever seen a 65-year-old or 70-year-old woman, or man for that matter, who's done something like this to their body, and you've thought to yourself, Wow, I know they're 65 years old, but they look 30. That has never happened. This never works. It never looks good. It never reclaims youth. Your body still has all the frailties of the age that you are, whether you're, you you're, your skin is tight or not. Uh, so I don't get it. I don't understand it. She looked, I saw this thing on, I don't know, getter or something earlier today. and I th- first of all, I didn't even realize it was Madonna. I was like, what the Who is this freak? And, um, it wasn't even until later. And I actually, cause it's a video, right? Trish, it's actually a vid- video yeah. where she moves into the camera and gives like this freaky kiss thing and then moves away. She's wearing very little. She has some sheer top on with no bra underneath. And, uh, I didn't know who it was because the comment was something about, uh, uh, the third, third shift, uh, stripper at the local strip club or something, you know, and, um, so then when, when we started talking about uh, later, later, re- I realized it was Madonna. I'm like, that is Madonna. Well, it's just a sad. This is the woman who I think in 1984 shocked the MTV Music Awards by coming out and singing her song, Like a Virgin, in a uh, kind of a lingerie wedding dress thing where she writhed around on the stage floor and caused an uproar and became an immediate overnight global superstar. And that's what she's turned into. It's sad.
3: I miss the good old days. Very sad. (laughs) I miss the The good good old old days.
1: days. Yeah. All right. Well, since we're talking about writhing around on the floor in lingerie, um, (laughs) you know, Disney and all of their woke employees going ballistic seem to have no problem with Disney expanding the company's dealings in 10 countries with explicit anti gay laws. Trish. The, hypo- the the stupidity, the stupidity of the gay American community is insane to me. They are so spoiled. They are so privileged to be in this country where they can be who they want to be. And they're coming after, they're freaking out and threatening to quit and trying to destroy Disney within America, which gives them so much uh, respect and power and leeway, and we listen, and we change things, but not a peep out of them when Disney expands in another country that wants to basically throw gay people from tall buildings, alive.
3: Well, of course not, because I, it's all about making money. I, I am blown and away. They, yeah, they don't care. They all they care about is making money. Is that the, they don't care about gay people? Let's face it. It's this is all about Disney wants to exploit. Whatever they can to make more money. So, like the Disney thing is perfect because here in Florida, like if you watch the local news coverage in Orlando of this whole issue, um, their big you know walkouts were like maybe a hundred people. Well, how many thousands and tens of thousands of people work at at Disney World in Orlando? I think it's forty. Like, I think
0: it's forty thousand yeah. people.
3: Something ridiculous. So like 150 people maybe walked out at a 40, listen, let those people quit. There's going to be 10 people for each of their jobs that they leave vacant lining up to take them. So let them quit. Like allow these teachers for the same reason they're chanting. If I can't, if I can't talk to my kids about being, you know, non-binary when they're in the first grade, then I'm not going to be in teaching anymore. Fine, quit, please do us a favor. Like don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. So I'm honestly happy about all this because I think it's gonna get rid of a lot of people working in Disney. And first of all, Disney cannot even say anything. Every single time that there is a child pornography sting in Polk County, they always catch Disney employees. Every single fucking time. They always catch Disney employees. (laughs) They just caught two Disney employees, husband and wife, who were soliciting what they thought was a 13-year-old girl to have a stepdaughter threesome with them. I mean, it's just absolutely disgusting the people, some of the people that Disney employs, so they're obviously not doing a good job vetting their employees. So let the people walk out because they're all groomers anyway. So let them go.
1: Right. So so Drew, I heard a couple things um, that the new CEO is basically saying: stop talking about politics. We're getting back to the business of business. He said that, uh, which they came after him. So he went on a listening tour, but apparently he's back to yeah, shut your guys' pie holes. Um, but I, it just. It, It just I have no respect for these activist groups that want to do good, whether it's with the LGBTQ or it's with the environment or they want to come here to America and protest where they know they're not going to, you know, get killed and they can make a bunch of money. But they don't dare go to the countries that are doing horrific things. I mean, I would think that if the LGBTQ gathered up several thousand, maybe 20,000 of them of their group and they went over there to like China in mass. They could get some stuff done maybe, but they'll never do that because it's it's too dangerous for them. it's too hard to work, and there's too much money to grift off of America. Because they're pretty spoiled here, right? I mean, they're pretty privileged here in America that they don't have to worry about, you know, getting beheaded just because they look at the same sex the wrong way.
2: Yeah, I mean, this honestly, if this gets back into the same situation with Madonna. Uh, These individuals that associate with the alphabet mafia, you know, those people who actually are activists, there's plenty of gay people and everything else out there that don't associate with this, this, um, you know, radical extremist group. They just live their lives and they find contentment elsewhere. But these people are looking for a cause. They don't have spirituality. They don't have happiness once again. So they're always looking for something to give them uh, a reason to be here. And that's what you have with these people. I mean, look, they're protesting against something that doesn't even exist. They invented it. There is no don't say gay bill. They fabricated that to give them something to be upset about. And think about this, too. These people are such jackasses that they are not content uh, uh, with just living their lives, and they're not content with accepting the reality that if you're in the alphabet community, you are a minority in society. That doesn't mean you need to be treated uh, any differently you have the same rights as anybody else, but they want overrepresentation and these teachers for example, they want to make new recruits to their ranks. They're not happy to say, okay, look and I'm not speaking for the entire gay community. I'm just picking somebody that's a part of this radical group right It's like, okay well, I'm gay, but uh, I want to make sure other kids become gay too. I actually wanna want to these people and make them recruits to the gay community. I actually wanna force gay stories on every American throughout this country, even though the vast majority, I mean, overwhelming, not even close, is straight. So, I mean, look at what they were talking about, those, those executives. We wanna make 50, it's unrealistic, it's never gonna happen, but we wanna make 50% of the characters in our Disney films LGBTQIA+, 50%? I mean, you're less than 6% of the entire population if you lump all the alphabet letters together. And you want 50% representation? No, this isn't about any of that. And and I'm tired of catering to these little punks. They are the bullies, they're not the victims. They need to be told to shut the hell up, and they actually, tolerance needs to be done, by the way, because that's what created this void. We were tolerant of them, they took advantage of the opportunity, and then they flipped it around and, and made us feel like we had to be silent. But I have a message. Shut the hell up. I got these thin, masculine lips with testosterone, and I'm not shutting up, you punks.
1: (laughs) How did testosterone get on your lips?
2: I don't know. My wife told me that statistic one time. I don't know. It made me feel good or something like that. All right.
1: I'm just wondering how you get testosterone on your lips. But okay. Um, JV, comments? No,
2: no, no. (laughs) That's That's not what it is, Brit. It's the... Oh my, here we go. Bill Nye, the science guy coming for you, Brit. <laughs> the alleged study that I cannot quote, that's probably more accurate than man-made climate change, certainly, Brit is that thin male lips equal greater testosterone levels. Big jumbo lips actually equal less testosterone levels. So Vivek Murthy, you know, the Surgeon General with those big uh, Michelin tire
1: lips, yeah. Well he's <laughs> no, got no text roster, yeah. well, That explains a lot. Yeah. Well, you can tell that by the way go. he talks. Bingo. Oh I wait, I, I found it.
3: No wait, you didn't make it up, dude. It... It's a real thing.
1: Is it really? I it... totally thought Drew and... was jo- I bet I no. totally thought Drew was yanking it's... our chain with that. Just just it's making a... it up.
3: I am not. It's from a study that happened in 1999. And it said that men with high testosterone levels will have a more square jawline, a larger mandible and larger overall mandibular length. So like the length from your jaw to your chin is longer. Um, and that they also testosterone also creates masculine features such as a broader nose, thicker brows and thin lips. So there, look at that, look at that, look
0: at it. Drew is so All right, We're right going to have to start measuring. We're going to have to start measuring these features. Oh, see.
1: my God. Amazing. All right, JV, comments?
0: Uh, this whole Disney woke thing has actually really been bothering me. I posted on Getter and I think maybe even... Truth, So I don't know where I, post, I posted over the weekend. You're a Disney lover. That I, well, I was for my kids for a long time. I bought a condo in Orlando uh, that was near Disney because I had uh, been going a couple of times a year, bringing my kids there, and they loved it. In fact, my daughter just got engaged there a few weeks ago. Uh, that's how much she loves it. And um, you know, so I, I, and I at the time back in 2005, 2006 when I bought this condo. I really liked Disney's wholesome American message. That's what I liked about it. And since that time, what are we, 15 years later or so, they've completely upended that. Walt Disney himself, despite the fact he had some Issues that we won't go into. Truly loved the American experience. He loved small town America. He loved the ideas, idea of friendly uh, neighborhoods of Americans helping one another and being kind to each other. And that's what he tried to embody in places like Disney World. And that's what he tried to embody in the films and the animated uh, shorts he created. Uh, and that has been completely thrown out the window by this current generation of disney executives when i saw the video of the woman talking about how she's sneaking queerness everywhere she can into the movies that woman needs to be fired that woman needs to be given a pink slip immediately and told get the hell out of this company because that is for these are these are these are uh, this is entertainment for children I mean, it's obviously, these are the same people are saying that, as you pointed out, a teacher should be able to talk about their gayness to a five-year-old in their kindergarten class. And the parent has nothing to say about it. So I, it's all the same mentality. But anyway, this D- Disney thing has really bothered me. And uh, I don't want to spend another dime on another Disney uh, movie, product, TV show, whatever it happens to be. I don't want to give them another dime because they've completely lost my confidence and my trust. Um. So that's what I think about Disney. I do want to uh, talk a little bit more about this Florida bill, though, because I do have this article, which I just think is absolutely hilarious. Eric Adams, the new mayor of New York, is launching an ad campaign in Florida to try to poach residents who have become offended by the don't say gay law. Now, Drew, let's forget just for a second the reality of this bill which has nothing to do with saying gay that's not what this is about this is about saying that teachers of children between the ages of 5 and what 8 or 9 whatever that the third grade whatever that is um should not be subject to some type of gender uh, manipulation or gender indoctrination or uh, sexual in- uh preference indoctrination in schools at that age Anybody, first of all, anybody who's a parent recognizes that makes sense. Anybody who's a mature adult recognizes that makes sense. If you had some guy on a bus next to your five-year-old who turned to them and started talking to them about these topics, you'd have that person arrested. You'd have that person thrown in jail as a potential pedophile pervert. Why the hell are they talking to my five-year-old about their genitals? And it's no different if a teacher does it no different whatsoever. So anyway, so you've got Eric Adams as all Democrats are misrepresenting this law and reaching out to Floridians who are who who might be offended by the law even though I know that number is a small portion of Floridians and saying come to New York City where you can say anything you want.
2: Yeah, sure, you can say anything you want and you can also be killed anywhere you <laughs> walk. I mean the, the it is it is hilarious, you know, it's like Everyone fled fled New York, of course, uh, amidst, you know, the lockdowns and everything because they wanted freedom, for example. Uh, they wanted to get away from uh, surges in crime, violence. They wanted to enjoy their lives again. And so now he's going to lure all those people back to New York where he's still masking children uh, uh, by telling them they can walk around um, saying, you know, gay, gay, gay. Uh, that's not the problem, <laughs> Eric, uh, at all but i mean this this mayor by the way i think he may end up being worse than de blasio which is kind of hard to believe everyone had i mean they were wrong i knew he was going to be worthless like he is now but you know there was a little bit of hope because de blasio was so bad that eric adams was somehow just going to be i mean the bar was so low he didn't have to do much to be better but he's proven to be more corrupt uh uh and just as communist and marxist as the other guy but you know i'm sure i'm sure all the floridians You know, this could be great because as Florida has finally, by the way, you know, they've registered more Republicans in that state than Democrats for the first time. And I don't know how long. This is excellent. I hope every liberal Democrat goes back to New York. Keep going, blue, baby. And we will just run roughshod for the next 100 years in Florida, making that a red state.
0: You know, the really the real irony of all of this, Trish, is that Uh, Again, this ad says, come to the city where you can say anything you want. But let me just give you one example of how that might not be true. The New York City um, Local Commission on Human Rights just uh, issued a regulation that the use of an individual's preferred pronouns must comply with. With, uh, with, this, with this ordinance, which says that employers and landlords who intentionally or consistently ignore using pronouns such as Z or here, I don't even know what those pronouns are, to refer to transgender workers and tenants who request them may be subject to fines as high as $250,000. If you refer to somebody by the wrong pronoun and you're an employer or you're a landlord of that person you could be subject to a $250,000 fine.
3: And since their pronouns can change from any moment to any moment, like you never know what pronouns you should be using anyway because they're fluid. And today my pronouns are he, she, and tomorrow they're they, them. And then on Wednesday and every every third Thursday that falls on an odd day, I'm gonna be, it's like, it's so ridiculous. It's just, it's crazy. And listen, the New Yorkers who live in Florida are not going to be leaving Florida. Let's just get this straight. They are not going to be leaving their lower cost of living, no state income taxes, lower property taxes, so that they can move back to New York City and pay ridiculous rents on four square feet of studio apartment when they can have a, you know a two thousand square foot condo here. They're not going back. They flew down here, plane loads of them, right before New York City shut down plane loads. We had plane load after plane load coming from New York City and coming into Florida because they wanted to escape to someplace sane where they could do whatever they wanted to do and say whatever they wanted to say. So they're not going back. And listen, Florida has been a mecca for the gay community, especially down here in South Florida. I mean, anybody who's been to South Beach can tell you it is a gay mecca down here. I remember when I first moved to West Palm, I had to go to Harry's Banana Bar because that was like the that like I'd heard so much about it and it was so popular and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And it's just a little dive bar. And I was like, what is the pole? Like it's just a gay pickup bar. And I'm like, okay, this is why it's famous. Excellent. Whatever. But listen, Southern Florida, very high gay population here and nobody cares. Nobody cares if they're gay. They don't care that I'm straight. They don't care. We all get along. You know why? Because we all just let each other exist without having to get in each other's faces. And that's the biggest difference I've seen in the new activists that have coming through in the newer generations. They aren't satisfied with just living their lives and being left alone. They want to be in your face. They want you to suffer the way they are suffering internally. And they're not gonna be happy unless you are as miserable as they are. So there's a big difference between the old school gay community and the current activist radical community that you're seeing today, huge difference. but. All the old gays, they're not leaving Florida. Sorry, we're keeping them. Too bad.
0: Yeah, and this goes back to what uh, Drew was just saying, too, about tolerance. We were, those of us who are on the political right or the social right, maybe, were asked to be tolerant of these things. And I think for the most part, most of us are. But it went from being asking for tolerance to demanding acknowledgement and celebration. They demand that we celebrate these things. I don't personally ascribe to those ideas, and I don't want to celebrate them for me or my family. I don't deny you the right to do it, and I don't deny you the right to live that way. Do what you want to do, but just leave me out of it. But apparently, Brit Oreo Cookie has decided it can't leave you out of it, and they've just launched a new ad campaign that basically only shows an Oreo cookie for a, few, a short second in this ad but the whole ad is about a a a, a a a gay individual who is waiting for his grandmother to show up at the house, and he has decided he's going to tell his grandmother he's gay, and that's what the whole ad is about. And somehow this is supposed to make us want to buy Oreo cookies. I mean, no, <laughs> what the? I don't get it. Help me understand, no. please. Look, I I live
1: and work in Hollywood. It's harder to come out as a conservative than it is to come out as gay. Just this. At least if you come out gay, no matter where you're at, you don't get canceled. You don't, get, you don't lose your job. Even if you're in a red state and you're gay, you don't lose your job and you don't get canceled. Because we right of center people don't do that to you. We don't. But oh boy. I say, yeah, kind of like Trump. Look out. Here comes the gay mafia. You had to fucking cancel you, knock you off everything and send you into oblivion. Because they're intolerant. Um, and I think you guys, Ron onto something there. They're just not happy people. Uh, Oreo, you know, they're going to fill the blowback. People will, you know, they'll, they'll lose a little bit of money, but then people forget about it and they go back because Oreo is a good product right now. Um, the whole, uh, Mary Adams thing and the ad thing in Florida is not about getting people to come back. He is using state or city money to bash Ron DeSantis, who might is, is a contender for 2024. This is a legal way for them to use taxpayer money out of the city of New York to run the don't say gay ad because it's out there enough that people understand that the don't say gay, the people who are indoctrinated saying, oh, don't say gay. Oh my God. It's just another way to just compound that don't say gay. The bill is really should be the the, the don't say straight bill because you can't talk about being straight. And JV, the kids can have conversations if it comes up organically or if he wants to go to his counselor and talk about it, you can't have conversations. The big thing about the the gay, the don't say, the, the big thing about the parents' right bill is teachers can't do it in secret. You have to tell the parents as it should be. And I'm sorry, any adult that wants to talk to a child, third grade or under, about sex is a pedophile. Period. Period. In a story. Unless you're a trained clinical psychologist trying to treat a child of some kind of sexual whatever, whatever. But if you want to go and have conversation with little kids about the birds and the bees, or the birds and the birds and the bees and the bees, um, you're a pedophile, and you should be nowhere near children. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, what was the meal the was going around today? <clears throat> it was to a teacher. Uh, the te- teacher says, we are not grooming children. The response was, great. Well, we just passed the bill that says it's illegal to, to groom children. And then the teacher, I quit. <laughs> That's kind of what happened. Yeah. I mean, if you're not doing it, then why do you care if you're not doing it? Oh, it's because you are doing shit in secret. Because they need to get the kids indoctrinated. If you look at the polls of that younger generation, the, the people that self-identify in these polls, these research polls, to be gay has exploded. But when you dive into those numbers, it's not gay or lesbian. It's the bisexual numbers that are pushing everything up. The gay and the lesbian is kind of the same. But the bisexual numbers are through the roof. And that's that whole fluidity thing. But when you're asking kids young enough and you're saying, hey, it's okay. It's not a big deal. They may go, huh, maybe so. I don't know. So when you answer a poll, maybe, you know, but that's what it's about. If you get them young enough, that's why they're still masking five-year-olds. You get them young enough, when their f- brain is full of mush, you can get them going down that road a lot easier at that age. And then maybe, you know, okay, we're going to lose it in the high schools, but maybe after that, there'll be enough of a seed that we can control them later. I don't know. I'm all over the ro- board on that. But, yeah, there you go.
0: Drew, Drew could this possibly be, I mean, we, we we know that, you know, whether it's Disney or, in this case, the Oreo the company that makes Oreo cookies, or we go back a little ways. We had Coca-Cola, we had Delta Airlines, you know, all these companies coming out and taking a stand on this. Nike is notoriously doing this as well. Uh, Under Armour, I think uh, Adidas did something kind of crazy recently that we would uh, probably pick apart if we had a chance to. Is this just an example of there's no such thing as bad press? Is this if we make a commercial like this, that's kind of over the top. Shows like ours and others all around the country and the world will talk about us.
2: Well, I, th- I think it's a couple of different things. I-, I think on the one hand, a lot of the executives, the CEOs and so on and so forth, you know, they have their unholy alliance with these uh, activists and so on and so forth. And so they're, they're in on this. Right. They're actually using these companies to manipulate and change our culture. That doesn't represent the employees, and it certainly doesn't represent all the American people. But that's one of the, th- the things they're doing, and I think it's also this myth because the media has the power to amplify, uh, you know, the minutia in society to make it seem bigger than it is. And so I think, unfortunately, a lot of people cave to this pressure. You know, the reality is there's a lot more of us that oppose this type of push that don't stand for this culturally that don't look at our newborn children and say, gosh, what can I do to make you gay or transgender? We don't do that, okay? But people are weak, feeble-minded. They always do this.
0: Look at those thin lips. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Trish, um, there was a, uh, let me see here, a comment. Who's, who, 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 oh, so I, I guess this was a Twitter response. Um, because re- reactions on social media with many of the fans and followers were wondering why a cookie brand would even get involved in this stuff in the first place, and one of the responses was, "It used to be that Oreos just dipped into milk. Now they're dipping into social issues. Uh, is any company safe from this stuff? Are we going to have to listen to our, you know, our toothpaste company next uh, tell us that what we have to believe, or our deodorant company, or whatever?
3: Probably." I mean, like, let's face it. Every company it's about making money, and if they think they can make money off of it, they'll run an ad campaign off of it. Let's let's just be honest. It's about money. But to go back to what Britt was talking about a little bit earlier, um, I don't know if you heard about a nurse in um, Hartford County Public Schools. Hartford Public Schools actually came forward and admitted that she was giving puberty blockers to children without parent parental knowledge, including children as young as eleven to thirteen years old, and it really struck home because unfortunately I used to work with the superintendent of schools, uh, of of Hartford County schools right now. So it was very, it, it was, it was sad for me to see that a, a colleague of mine is now leading a school district that would allow this to happen. Um, but the funny thing was, is that the nurse is the one who's taken all the, all the slack for it. Nobody seems to be pissed off that these children were be- being given puberty blockers without their, without their parents' knowledge. And everybody's upset that the nurse had the audacity to come forward and say anything. I'm like, we are totally living in backwards clown world right now. It's absolutely nuts. So I listen, but the more, I mean, it's just, it's this never ending cycle where the companies continue to feed into this. And I mean, let's face it. Who's the target audience for Oreos? I mean, other than, you know, it's us fat kids it, who yeah. like, yeah, but it's kids, it's right? Kids, yeah. kids, kids, you buy the junk food for the kids and then that's how you justify eating it yourself so but right. all of their ad campaigns are targeted at children so who are they trying to get to like they're trying to get to the kids and it goes back to the same thing they got to it them when they're young when they don't know any better i mean like you know so I've, I've had a personal experience with this in my life where you know a young person in my life decided suddenly they were trans but they couldn't even tell me what trans meant yeah like i sat them down and said what's going on they're like well but everybody else at school is and i'm like oh great Everybody else is doing it, so I got to do it too to be special. Like, it's just this constant social pressure from everybody to be unique. And unfortunately, in our world that is led by likes and clicks and all this shit, kids are very susceptible. So, parents, get your kids off the internet. I'm telling you, get them out of public schools, get them off the internet because it's a horrible, horrible place. I got
1: something Britt's to say. Gonna say something yeah, now. about the internet. About the about the internet. I I I was reading this psychologist, blah blah blah. It was a white paper, and he studied TikTok and what TikTok does in the Western countries versus what TikTok does in China directly. So here in America, what do we see on TikTok, which is also Instagram reels and all the stupid internet shit? We see these stupid things of the hot water challenge or the the fucking milk jug climbing challenge, milk crate climbing challenge, or the, you know, uh, what, eat the Tide Pod challenge, or the, all this stupid shit, stupid dances, stupid stuff, just stupid, 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 what the hell are we doing where kids are dumbing our kids down? Do you know in China, they don't have any of that there? In China, TikTok promotes, oh, look at this cool space thing that this kid did, look at this cool erector set thing, look at this cool uh, virtual playing the kid playing the violin. It's all wholesome stuff. It's, it's like China knows how to program. TikTok in China is programming their kids to be good in school, to look to the skies, to strive for more. And they're they're, they're dialing all the algorithms in, in the Western worlds to be all this stupid shit. And that's what's going on. And that's one reason why I don't have TikTok on my phone. And I talk to my kids about it all the time because they still do TikTok shit. But at least they have me to kind of counteract it. But how many kids out there don't have a parent at home to counteract TikTok? But in China, they don't do any of the stupid stuff.
0: Well, as we've pointed out since the very first day we started this program, we are we have become a very very silly people, and we're actually watching the decline of uh, of our civilization. Uh, it's really quite a shame. Um, I'm going to move on from this because I just realized what time it was. So often we'll go back on this program and we will recognize how prophetic we were about a given topic. And um, I think we've got another example of that that I want to share. I just have to make sure the audio is, is on for everybody here. There it is. So this, uh, this was Monday of last week. Yes, Monday of last week. He seems to get it, and he recognizes this stuff, and he's speaking out about it. And there's a lot of people, particularly younger people, that are listening to him. So here you have nope. him talking about building a rival to Twitter. My question is, why didn't he just frickin' buy Twitter? Its, all, it's market cap is $32 billion. It's not, that, it's not a big deal. Okay, so of course, uh, we were talking about Elon Musk there because the announcement had been made that uh, at that point, a week ago, that Elon Musk was considering launching a rival to Twitter. Well, it has now become uh, released that uh, Elon Musk has actually bought nearly a 10% stake In Twitter, uh, and that's amid speculation that this particular investment will lead to an active stake in the company. I don't know what percentage you need to have an active stake. It doesn't necessarily have to be 51%, um, but uh, this 9% stake made the stock rise uh, over 10% today. He bought 73.5 million shares worth $2.9 billion um, as of the closing price on Friday. So, Drew, what do you think this means for Twitter?
2: Well, I hope that it puts them on notice a little bit that, you know, we, like they do, can take advantage of the situation we're in. So, for example, this is a publicly traded company, and so we can actually do something about this. If you have a a somebody like an Elon Musk, who I, I hope he's the guy that we keep thinking he is, but, you know, I'm, I'm not holding my breath for any of these people, uh, you know, people were hoping for Superman. But anyway, here we have a guy putting his money where his mouth is, and he can buy Twitter. He has the ability to do this. And so there are things we can do about this. We are not sitting here like sitting ducks. Um, if we come together, if we unite, if if enough of us are, are, you know, forced into action because of our outrage about cancel culture, about uh, the way Twitter bans people like Trump, you know from that platform well this is this is great and i hope that there's more of this because how amazing i mean obviously people out there it's not happening right now but people are hoping okay does this mean what if what if elon musk takes over twitter and reinstates donald trump so I, obviously that would be an amazing thing because i just would love to see the news and the uh, the propagandists out there lose their minds but uh but this is great i mean this is something uh, an ally hopefully we have on, on our side to, to, to wreak havoc on the left for once because it does take money and it does take power.
0: Trish, before all of this, Elon Musk said free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle? Uh, so he kind of led off this discussion by saying that we need free speech and Twitter isn't providing that for us. And it has become the public square. We've often said that on this program as well. Um, so... What do you see? What do you how do you see this playing out with Elon Musk and Twitter?
3: Well, Elon has been very open. I mean, and and say what you want about him one way or the other. Um, I do have a lot of respect for him as an entrepreneur. I have a lot of respect for him for what he's done for Florida's economy with SpaceX. Um, I mean, he's done a lot. I know he's done a lot for Texas bringing in Tesla headquarters. So, I mean, he's brought in a lot of jobs, a lot of good people. Um, But he's very outspoken when it comes to his views on free speech about wokeness and how wokeness is really just destroying our culture and how, you know, He's talking about, you know, have children. You know, that's another thing. People are not having babies. Like we need babies. We need the population. Like people are, you know, he's, he's very open about his opinions and he always, and he doesn't just spout them. He actually has reasons and he can talk, rationalize his way through them and explain to you why. Like I think him on Joe Rogan was probably one of my favorite episodes of Joe Rogan because he really was pretty honest about all of his, all, all of his views on these things. And I think he's right. Like Twitter is not about free speech. It's not protecting free speech. Twitter has become a cesspool of hate and bigotry from the left. I mean, it's all just leftist activists going crazy. Um, So, I mean, is Elon a conservative? Oh, hell no. I think Elon is a pragmatist like Trump. Like, he's very realistic. Like, he runs a business. He wants his business to do well. He's going to do what he has to do to make sure his business runs well. Um, But in the process, he doesn't want to destroy anybody. He doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to ruin anybody's career. He doesn't want to, but yeah, I think I think if Elon did buy just a little bit more, I mean, I know he's the largest single shareholder right now, so that that's got to give him some power within Twitter. Um, how much I don't know. I would it'll be interesting to see. Um, but no, but yes, Amanda, I agree. I don't think he's a hero. Listen, I I don't I don't prescribe to this whole like you know making these public figures my heroes. They're not my hero. Is my mother, who's like done everything that she could for her children. Those are my heroes. Um, I just think that Elon has some really good points about how social media has done the opposite of what it espouses that it says it's doing and that some changes need to be made and he has the money and he's willing to put his money where his mouth is. So I got to have some respect for him in that, in that, in that space.
0: You know, you said he's not a conservative and he, he isn't, but I think he's, he's moved in that direction considerably since the, idiots like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders have actually targeted him specifically um, and called him out about being a billionaire and not paying enough taxes. And I think, what do you say? He paid like 11 billion, uh, something. He
3: burned, he burned Warren so hard. Like that was like the best when he was like, Oh, don't spend all my money in one place. (laughs) Oh wait, you already did. Never mind. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't take prisoners and you know what? Good for him. Like that, that's what we need. You know, we need more people like that. And like, we need more people like Trump, same thing, like people who have the money and the power that they can fight back against these huge media machines because that's what we're doing right now is we need these people and I'm glad that he stepped up and we'll see what happens. I don't know what's gonna happen, like, but we'll see.
0: Another article that kind of ties to this is the Trump tied social media uh, company slides after key executives qu- quit. So in addition to this announcement of uh, Elon Musk making this major investment into Twitter, um, two key executives res- resigned from truth social um, data world acquisition corp, which is the special purpose acquisition company uh, merging with Trump media and technology group fell 10% today to extend a losing streak for seven straight days as downloads downloads of the troop social app dry up. Uh, Britt, when we were talking about truth social being launched, I also said at that point, why the hell doesn't Donald Trump, Buy a majority stake, or put together a group of investors to buy a majority stake in Twitter. Why is he trying to uh, create something? Um, and now we're starting to see it kind of unravel here. What are your thoughts on Truth Social? You've used it a little bit, and uh, where do you see this moving?
1: Um, I like I like the Truth Social platform. It's like any of the other platforms. A little different here, a little different there. Whatever. Get you know, you just figure it out and you get used to it. Uh, Truth Social will not be successful until Trump starts using it. Once Trump's on it. It's going to take off like a rocket because people will want to be where Trump is at. And if Elon Musk uh, unbans Trump on Twitter, Trump's first tweet on Twitter should be, hey, I'm over on True Social. I'm going to start using that over there. That's what he should do. Um, and then uh, True Social will go through the roof. But for some, I, I don't know if it's an elect. I don't know if it's an, uh, running for election. There's some laws. or There's some reason why he's not on it right now. I don't know what that is. But or maybe, you know what? Maybe Trump just realizes, uh, you know, I like it better without social media. Maybe he's going to try and do this election without all the mean tweets. And he'll be a true politician. But that's not what we like Trump. We like Trump for the mean tweets. I personally do. I could use about nine mean tweets right now about me personally from him. That would be amazing. I will take it. Um, I do have this, though, on uh, uh, this is what's going around. Uh, This guy, my name is Jackson Mala Holland, and I'm one of many people here working at Twitter in charge of developing terms and conditions for users. We're not stripping away free speech. We're protecting users from bullies, bigots, and spam. I refuse to work with or for Elon Musk. I resign. Gay flag. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. We need more of this. If you don't like Elon, just walk on out. Just, Just please quit because there's probably five people that will take your job right now. Uh, and they won't be as woke or as dumb as you. Um, so I, I saw a lot today, and I thought that was a good sign of things to come, right? I mean, maybe, but I don't know. Elon Musk is not a hero. I'm not really into all of his trans, transhumanism stuff. But you know, who is perfect? None of us are perfect. I'll take this for what we can with it right now, and I would just love to see him. Who's the new president of CEO of uh, Twitter? The new CEO, whatever, dude. Uh, the can't pronounce. I, his I would name. just love to see Elon. Yeah, I would just love to see, you know, Elon Musk show up, kick open the door, the security goes and grabs his stuff from his desk, says, you're out, and they goose walk him right out the front door. I would love to see
0: that. Drew, uh, Britt hit on something that was kind of important, though, as far as Trump being reinstated to Twitter. I was not always comfortable with the mean tweets. It didn't make me not support the president at the time, but I thought he's he was his own worst enemy in some ways. If you were a Democrat strategist... And one, and you saw Donald Trump running in 2024 could possibly one of the ways you would think to defeat him is by letting him back on social media. So he starts mean tweeting again.
2: I'm sure there's certain Democrats out there that think that would be, you know, conducive to their ends of defeating him again, but he didn't lose an election because of mean tweets. That's, that's, that's not what happened. I know people were turned off by it. I know that the media made a mountain out of a molehill But at the end of the day, he did not lose the election because of mean tweets. He lost the election because of, well, you know, things like uh, suppressing the Hunter Biden scandal and uh, shenanigans in the swing states, for example. But but uh, I I think, you know, and we do know something about Trump, Um, you know, he's he's uh, I don't know if arrogance the word, but, you know, he's a very proud man. Um, And I think that really drove the truth social thing. I don't think he'd ever get back on Twitter, to be honest. I think the whole truth social thing is driven by the fact of, hey, I'm Trump. I'm going to draw. I'm going to make something else that's going to compete with you and everything else. But, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed with true social because I I, look, I don't remember what it was like when Twitter came on board. I didn't even join Twitter until last year, Uh, but I've been number five hundred thirty thousand six hundred ninety four in waiting since the. I mean, I don't know. Three days after it was announced, and it's been very anticlimactic to me. I mean, I still find myself, despite being on Getter, I hardly use it. I still use use Twitter, and, and I mean, that's on me. But um, but Twitter, despite cancellations, and everything else. I mean, it still is numero uno.
0: I'm going to change the topic here just a little bit. Uh, okay, so. Um, Liberals are getting a little upset with Joe Biden's attorney general uh, suggesting that he isn't working hard enough to prosecute the J-6 people and that um, Biden should fire him. Um, In fact, Democratic Texas Representative Joaquin Castro said on CNN, so far Merrick Garland is failing the United States of America. Trump is a threat to our democracy and we need to treat him like one. Trish, what does that mean? How can I mean, just to try to pull try to put your mind your yourself in the mind of this guy or any democrat for that matter. How would you see Trump being a threat to democracy and as a former president how would you treat him as as such?
3: Well, here's the thing, is that the leftists who think like that, who think that Trump is the end, he's a threat to our democracy are the fascists. They just think their flavor of fascism is what's best for everyone. And so anyone who who opposes their specific flavor of fascism is therefore a threat to democracy. I mean, it's gotten so bad for the left that anybody right of Stalin is now considered a Christian conservative. Like yeah. it's that bad. It's not, it's not it's not even a joke. Like it's really that bad. Like, I mean, I've I have lefties that I work with that even they have gotten tired of. It's like, you can't even say something as simple as we need to stop spending money because we're driving the debt in this country is going to, we're going to bankrupt everyone. This is not, and they're like, oh, that just means you're a Republican. Yep. like, since when did having a balanced budget and, you know, have positive spending habits for our government turned into a Republican thing? It's not, you know, since when is being a proponent of the constitution a conservative thing it's not it should be a both sides thing and that's the problem is that these crazy leftist activists have completely overhauled and taken over the democrat party and the moderate democrats are too weak to stand up they either get on the board with them or like like castro i mean he i can't stand that man first of all (laughs) i just gotta (laughs) say i can't stand him so i'll just be honest in my bias right there um, but no, Donald Trump is not a threat to democracy. How? How is it possible? He lost. Like if he like he lost the election, so how is he a threat? He lost. He's not in power anymore. He's yep. not the president anymore. And, of, that, course, and so so of course, and of course, when they
0: say that, they don't mean Donald Trump. They mean the millions of people who are Trump supporters are the threat to democracy. Exactly. That's what they're really saying. Right.
3: Because his flavor of fascism. Is the, old, is the best thing. And all of you people who support Trump are therefore against, you are the enemy. And that's what this is, is they're creating, like, it's, it, but the whole saying that we've been saying, we've said this on the show multiple times, that we don't like leftist ideologies. The left hates us. Like, period. It's not our ideology. It's not our beliefs that they don't like. They hate us. And they want us gone. And it, The number of times on Twitter that people have said that, you know, they wish that they could kill all the conservatives those people don't get banned or suspended from Twitter. They don't, they get to keep their accounts. You know, I miss, I I call some white liberal idiot in New Hampshire, a dude. And I get permanently banned for hateful conduct. I'm like, it's it's just, it's insanity. I mean, that's it. And the, the left has just gone insane. And if we continue to let them run the show. Um, it's just going to be a clown world. But the Republicans have got to grow a spine like everybody. Moderate Democrats need to grow a spine. The Republicans, you need to grow a spine. You can borrow my testicles if you need to. That's fine. I don't use them. So, But you got to do something because we are going down a very, very, very slippery slope right now. And unless somebody puts on the brakes, I'm afraid we're all going to fall off that cliff, and I'm I'm really worried about that.
0: Congratulations, Trish! You got Britt to sit up to the microphone with a big smile on his face. So that's a, that was that's a real accomplishment tonight. He seems to be laid back.
3: I I, I just got to talk about my testicles. I, se- I know how much Britt loves I my wanna testicles. See-
0: I want to see her testicles. <laughs> 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 oh boy, let's uh, Brett, You are the you are the wordsmith of this program, and I need you. <laughs> to decipher this statement for me. It's part of the same article about Merrick Garland. And this is from Jennifer Rubin, who's a columnist for the Washington Post. Rubin wrote, Biden has every right to a new attorney general who embraces the public educational nature of the job and who will push back aggressively against institutional reticence and wariness of disrupting outmoded conventions. the hell is Jennifer Rubin saying there?
3: Word she
1: telling. is saying, I have a doctorate, and I have a paper on my wall that says <laughs> yeah. I'm smart, I'm going to use some really big words to befuddle to befuddle, the flyover country, and they'll think I'm really smart, so they'll just agree with me. That's what she was after there. Um, uh, these people are so full of themselves. They live in a bubble. They think that people just worship them. Uh, it's Jennifer Rubin, your twat waffle lady. Go back to your hole, please. Just go. We don't care about you. Uh, you, have, you have, I, I think, what, she, what what, what, what rag was she in? She's in the Times, right? Washington Times? Post. No, Post. Washington. Okay, Washington Post. The only reason the Washington Post exists, Jennifer, is because Bezos subsidizes it. No one reads you, period. No one reads you. Or, I, I, let, me back, let me back that up. Not enough people read you to support that paper. That paper, the only reason that paper's there is because Bezos gives it money. If it wasn't for Bezos, you'd all be unemployed. And the, and the newspaper wouldn't be printed anymore. That's just, that's just reality. So, you know, these people are, um, like, like Trish says, we, we don't, we are people that don't like their ideas and think they're, they're okay. People, they think we're bad people with ideas. We think they're people with bad ideas. They think we're bad people with ideas. And she's right. They, they, they will not stop until we're dead because they're the, they're the do as I say, people We're the, Hey, just leave me, you you do your thing. I'll do my thing problem is they won't just go do their thing. Their thing has to be in my square. And their their thing has to be touching me. No. You are go to your talk- do your are thing. Are we still I'll talking about alone. politics
0: or are we back to testicles?
1: <laughs> I might attri- I, I might <laughs> have drifted it we? off in Trisha's testicles. <laughs> okay. Um I mean, you know, I I don't know they they're not going to leave us alone. That's the problem. They're not going to leave us alone until we punch him in the nose. That's just the reality. It's a schoolyard bully routine. They are the bullies, although they say they're not bullies. They're the bullies with the pink and blue and rainbow-colored hairs. They are the bullies. They won't stop until we obliterate them. And that's just where we're at today.
0: Did you have anything else, or are you set? I'm done. Okay, I've got one more thing that I just wanted to uh, to mention because it's kind of funny. We had another Biden-fabricated um, memory. I'm not even sure what to call these things anymore. But at a uh, a, a, a press event he gave with uh, Secretary of Transportation Buttigieg talking about revitalizing the trucking industry, Biden started talking about this uh, memory he had that he used to operate a vehicle, like an 18-wheeler. And um, he also recounted his first encounter with a female driver who was a woman who was called Big Mama. That was during, during a strike when he was a Delaware, Delaware senator. Now, Britt and I had a conversation on the show, I don't know, a while back, talking about the early days of HBO and cable and where you got the little box. And the box had a wire that went to your TV and you clicked on the – and if you didn't have – if you didn't actually subscribe to HBO, when you clicked on HBO, it would be all scrambled. But if you knew how to jockey the lever just right on little button thing on there and you push it, you could get glimpses of a full framed whatever the movie happened to be.. Oops. And and, <laughs> and as teenage boys, we would often look in the guide and find the films that had nudity. Well, one of those films was a, I don't know 1970s something, I think, uh, maybe late 70s film with Angie Dickinson, and it was called Big Bad Mama. And if you remember Angie Dickinson, she was popular in the 70s. Uh, she did a TV show called Police Woman, I think was the name of it. And uh, so yeah. she, she was quite a celebrity at the time. And in this movie, she was topless quite often. So I think uh, Drew Dro- Joe Biden is confusing uh, having, wanting to watch that Angie Dickinson movie, Big Bad Mama, with uh, this trucker event. It has to be the explanation.
2: I mean i i hope that's the explanation that's the most interesting best outcome for him otherwise it's just the guy's got dementia again he can't keep anything straight he's lying because he's a he's a prolific pathological liar but it, it is crazy i mean He's been doing this for so long, so many of these stupid stories. He just literally invents them. They're not even interesting. (laughs) I mean, who does he think he's entertaining? Man, I got here and I thought I was going to get to drive one of those today. I mean, does the guy think he's funny? I mean, I've never met somebody who does not have an admirable quality. I mean, usually when you're that stupid, you got to be funny or, you know, I mean, you got to have something to offset it but he's not charming he's sniffing people's hair he's feeling up his daughter in the shower if you believe in her diary which we need to you know corroborate still yeah but <laughs> big mama all right
0: trish i'm trying to remember so we have big mama we've got pol- corn pop and I know there's like three or four other characters that he has evoked during the course of his uh, unscripted comments that people laugh about. Who am I missing there? Corn Pop and Big Mama. And who else do we have in this cast of characters? Oh my God.
3: There's just, there's too many. I mean, but the, faint, the first thing when you mentioned that is d- he did this once before. So while you, Drew was talking, I looked it up. So back in July of 2021 he said that again he said i used to drive an 18-wheeler man and there's video of this so it's not like you know we're directly quoting him there's video of this exchange and then he of course backpedaled and then it it actually came out the extent of his he rode in an 18-wheeler once in 1973. (laughs) like so i mean the guy just he he exaggerates every little thing from like, I rode in an 18 wheeler suddenly became was like, we were in a convoy going down I 80 through Nebraska and like, like, he just blows everything out of proportion and it becomes this, you know, next thing you know, he's gonna be telling everybody he was in cannonball run, you know, like he was driving a Camaro, a firebird, you know, across the country going a hundred miles an hour with Sally field in the passenger seat. Like it's, he can't keep anything straight. He lies. I mean, and let's face it, he has lied about everything from his grades, his standing in law school, his like he lied about the trucker that hit his wife when she ran the red li- when she ran the stop sign. Like he told everybody that the truck driver was drunk and he wasn't. I mean, he just destroyed that man's life. He has lied about every single thing along the way. He's lied about what Trump has said. He has lied about, and the the sad part is, is the left just eats this shit up. They don't care that he's lying. They just, we hate Trump. So anything Joe says, just it goes. It's golden. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. He's such a lovely, it's like, no, he is a lying sack of shit who is mentally incapable of being in the office that he's in right now. And everything he has touched from domestic policy to forest and foreign policy has turned to absolute garbage. And unfortunately, us working class people, we're paying the price. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but. Like gas finally went back down to under four dollars here and i was like oh freaking hallelujah because it was a back up to 419 out here and i was like holy shit!" so when i saw it sunday it was down to 397 i jumped right on that i was like Woo-hoo, up take 397. so like he's gonna he's gonna kill us all like he's gonna either starve us or kill us one way or the other but this we got to do something about this guy
0: it, it doesn't take much you go to the grocery store I don't know what, how it is around you guys but uh, you go go to the grocery store here and they're just every every aisle has a big bear section anymore where there used to be goods and products uh, and they just they're just not there anymore and it's only going to get worse Same with
1: electronic stores
0: yeah yeah or even car dealerships everything it's unbelievable yeah uh, so I just want to share a little a little story uh, has anybody seen the documentary Wild Wild Country? No. Okay. So, is anybody familiar with uh, I'm going to uh, Rajneshism or Rajneshi's? The Rajneshi's. Uh, some people would call it a cult. All right. So this documentary was about the, this this group in Oregon. And if some head nods, if people start no understanding what I'm talking about, this group in or- Oregon that bought a, a sixty thousand acre ranch and then built a city there to house their group. Of some people would say the religious group, but they deny they're religious. Uh, the followers of the Rajneesh, Bagram Rajneesh guy. Right. Anyway, I'm, I'm, this is a long story. I watched the documentary, it was really fascinating. But one of the key elements of this documentary and what these Rajneeshis did is they were being challenged by the locals. So what they did was is they took buses. Uh, you know, travel, uh, what do you call them? Um, like Greyhound buses, whatever the motor coaches, whatever they're called around the country to major cities. They went into these major cities to the homeless population. They went to the homeless population. They said, uh, here's a ticket, get on the bus, come to our community, live here. You'll have shelter, you'll have food, et cetera, et cetera. They did this by the thousands. Why did they do this? Because once they got them there, they could register them to vote. And their objective was to control the local governments so that those local governments couldn't kick them out or interfere with what they were doing on this this ranch. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, this is the playbook of the Democrat Party. This is the playbook that the (laughs) Democrats are using as they bring in millions of people across the border of, of Mexico and Texas this is it and I'm watching it and I'm listening to it and I'm listening to the details of it and it just it was like this cloud opened and I it all made sense to me not that that was a big secret but to watch how these Rajneesis did it and how it worked in practice and then multiply that on a larger scale and that's exactly what the Democrats and the Biden administration are doing as they eliminate title 42 and they expect the numbers to double from what they already are at record high numbers of crossing these people are giving away your nation these people are giving away your country your riches your wealth your family's hard-earned station in life these people are giving it away uh so they can keep power that's what's happening here anyway i just wanted to share that if anybody's seen that documentary i'm curious as to what others think um it was pretty interesting and anything else, Drew, you want to, any, any other comments, anything you want to add? Where can people hear the podcast, of course?
2: Oh yeah, sure. Uh, it's the Drew Allen show. So anywhere you listen to spot to a podcast, Spotify, Apple podcasts, and uh, yeah, yeah. Drew, drew com for like my writing and stuff like that too.
0: Terrific. And Trish, where can people go to learn how to make a flag as straight as you can make a flag behind you?
3: Listen, that would require <laughs> you coming to my home. Getting one-on-one tutoring on how to hang a flag. So it is perfectly... But the key is you just adjust your screen on your desk. So that way JB doesn't know that it's still upside. <laughs> but then
0: you might have to tilt your head That's to be key. to make sure you're in line, well, right? I
3: am a little bit. You just don't
0: know. <laughs> okay. Well, looks yeah, it looks good. You're doing a good job. Oh, all right, Britt. What else do we have?
1: Uh, smash like buttons. Subscribe, right? Send piles of gold and... Um, uh, if you, if we get, if we get 142 likes, Trish will show us her testicles.
0: Oh my goodness.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Remember, press. Are they in a jar? Talk about the merch, Britt. <laughs> are they in talk a jar? Talk about the merch. No. They are firmly attached. Oh, to merch. Yeah, region. we do have.
1: Oh boy. Oh, uh, we do have. Wait, how do you, what?
3: I had to adjust um, them right then. Uh,
1: yeah, we do. We do have merch. We have, uh, you know, uh, um uh, by guns, by ammo merch. We have, uh, truth is the new hate speech. Merch. If you go to independencegang.com, independencegang.com at the upper bar, right-hand side, little button says merch. Click on that. takes you to all of our merch. It helps support the show and JVs and saying Twinkie uh,
0: fetish. Twinkie fetish? I have no Twinkie, Twinkie fetish. fetish. Please be careful how you word things. Uh, you know, and I you could have okay, said something so other not, than Twinkie. I think I'm the two me. dangerous things would be Twinkie uh, or Ho-Ho. Either one of those would have gotten me in trouble. Ho-Ho. You could have said yeah, uh, yeah. Vir- virtually anything else. Twinkie or Ho-Ho would have been bad.
3: This is ding-dongs there's a series on history channel yeah.
1: how the food how how food made america the, Love that. the series yeah, on a great history series. channel yeah. uh, i od'd on it yesterday i watched like five episodes and one of them was the hostess series on it but that is a great thing to watch about uh, i watched the whole crispy king crispy cream dunkin donut wars i had no idea how that all was, it was did you just see the heinz so one that's why heinz Twinkies or, or
0: made. coca-cola or any uh, of not yet yeah they're, they're great not yet. Uh, all right, so one more thing that we need to address here, um, and, and this might be coming out of left field a little bit, but we need to make uh, kind of an important announcement. Britt and I have been contacted by a development company to work on something related to the paranormal community. We're going to be spending some time working on this paranormal angle, this thing that we've been contacted about, which we can't talk about freely at this point. And it may interrupt this show to a level. We're not sure exactly how much or how often, but just be, stay tuned so that people know that there is something else in the works and it may interrupt the the schedule of this program. So we just needed to kind of throw that out there to give some, give people warning. You want to add anything to that, Britt?
1: We're not going to change our views even on the other show.
0: <laughs> well, that's true too.
1: <laughs> we are who we are. That's true. Yeah. We are who we are. Uh, and that's part of, you know, part of the works of what's going on is how all that works out because you know hollywood is still left us but there's a change there so um i don't know it'll be interesting it'll be fun and uh maybe we'll go ufo hunting in the desert that'd be or fun. bigfoot hunting in kentucky
0: any of those or things or
1: looking or or looking for testicles in the nether regions of Trishland. oh
0: boy um so just yeah just just stay just you know monitor our social media whatever and we'll let We'll update as we get more information. But anyway, thanks for being here, Trish. Drew, thanks for helping out tonight. Appreciate having you guys with us. And thank you to everybody who joined us throughout all the chat rooms. We appreciate that as well. We'll see you next time.